0: sugar-free miracle diet and household spices as health boosters coming up next on the hour of power with the oprah of the airwaves cynthia bryan on star style be the star you are stay tuned Six, eight, 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 eight. Annie Arman Live. Teens, you have got to tune into this show and listen to your fellow teens. If you're out there confused because
1: somebody is trying to put doubts in you, making you think that you can't do what you want to do, get it straight. You can, you will, and you will get it done no matter what. And don't ever give up because you're not alone. Don't miss Annie Arman Live on Voice America, Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard
0: Time. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, hello, power partners, and welcome to Radio's finest program, a positive book talk, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I'm thrilled to be your personal growth success coach right here on the Airwaves bringing you the authors, the experts, and the professionals that help you enjoy a more fulfilled life. So get ready to pump that energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through the books that we bring you through this show. Because we are about following your heart, we call it Champagne for the Spirit, brought to the airwaves by Be The Star You Are, nonprofit corporation. A Teen Girl Survival Guide for Raising Parents with author Sarah O'Leary Birmingham will start off our hour, followed by how to beat the sweets, add back the fat, and be skinny ever after. When spiritual warrior Karen Bentley shares simple strategies from the Sugar-Free Miracle Diet book. And in our Tea for Two segment, Heather Brittany and I share shelf life tips, with common household seasonings that help you be healthier. Our purpose in providing you this show is to communicate to you that you possess everything you need to be the writer, the director, the producer, and the star of your life. We want you to smile, have fun, and take risks, and be wild and crazy, and, of course, read some books that you have never heard of and you need to. Our motto here at the charity is to be a leader. You must be a reader. It's read, lead, and succeed. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions. Whenever you need acting or media training, call 925-377-7827. That's 925-377-STAR for the best coaching around. Buddha said, we are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts, and with our thoughts we make the world. And Tom Clancy adds, fix your eyes forward on what you can do, not backwards on what you cannot change. Well, do you remember when you were 18 and you wanted to date older boys or take the car or dye your hair or wear the short skirts? Did your parents understand you or did you just think that they were just so old fashioned? Well, I think that parents don't come with a handbook as they should and that's what Sarah O'Leary Birmingham says. Today's teenagers do have a guide in this author. She is the author of How to Raise Your Parents, a Teen Girl Survivor Guide. Welcome, Sarah, to Be the Star You Are. Thanks for having me. Well, this is such a fun book. I mean, I do agree with you that we all need instruction booklets. Parenting is hard, and being a teenager can even be harder. But with your witty and fun book, any teen can learn how to tame that tiger. I love the way that you start off uh, your book and you talk about the five reasons that teens rock and the five reasons that it sucks to be a teen, and then you go into the different kind of parent profiles. (laughs) And I cracked up because I definitely know every single one of them, and sometimes I think we, as parents, we're kind of combined into all of them.
1: Definitely. I think some parents are a blend. You know, you find out... As a teenager, you have to find out what your parents' hot buttons are and what they like and what sets them off and what will make them happy before you can even begin to have a good relationship with them. But, you know, when I was putting these profiles together, there's everything from the hippie to the teen wannabe, I realized that a lot of parents are blends. You know, they there's do, there's but a piece. You, know, of... you also, they also have. Uh, there's a lot of parents out there. I started
0: after reading your book, I, Sarah. I was going to school to look at the kids, and I was watching some of the parents. And there are a lot of moms out there that are teen wannabes. They want to be their friend, their. Son or daughter's best friend. They want to dress hip. They want to talk hip, and they kind of just look weird. <laughs> and then I know there's a lot of the hippie parents from my generation that everything is laissez-faire with their kids. They let them do anything, and the kids are like just the opposite. The kids are more conservative, right? <laughs> so liberal.
1: I know they kind of get straight laced. I think do. also, they you do. know, when when you're a teenager there's this normal reaction to kind of want to butt heads with your parents just because even though you really love them, you want to be an individual, you know, you're trying so hard to be a grown-up, so if your parents are really, really easygoing, you might find yourself wanting to be kind of uptight and, and eager to please and do everything right. Well, tell us why you wrote this book. I chuckled when you wrote about being late for curfew like one more time. <laughs> you know, well, you know, it was one of those things where as a 16-year-old, I was kind of always late for curfew. I mean, I had my nights, and I was never really late, but like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. So one night I came home, and my parents' bedroom light was on, so I knew I was in trouble. They usually would wait up, but they would never have the house fully lit up. So I walked into their room, and we started debating what my punishment should be. You know, they wanted to ground me, and I was trying not to get grounded. And while we were talking, I looked over and saw a copy of a parenting book on my mom's nightstand, and it was something like raising an ethical teenager. (laughs) I know. And I said, hey, wait a second. You guys have a book that tells you what to do with me. What about me? I want a book. I said, I need a book. I'm going to write a book. And I said, I'm going to write a book called How to Raise Your Parents. And my dad said, "Well, you know, Sarah, I think that's a really good idea." And he said, "You can get started next weekend when you're grounded." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, as a teenager, I didn't think that was very funny. But oh, and I didn't actually start that next weekend. I always found, especially raising my kids, is if I grounded them, it grounded me too. I know. <laughs> so that's I think a my parents a tough one. Felt I mean, I really way. don't like
0: grounding.
1: I know. But I you know, and because then you have that. to stay home, well, too. you
0: also, I mean, you're in a perfect position to write this because, I mean, obviously you had just gone through your teen, and then you also are an uh, Associate Director of Publicity at William Morrow HarperCollins. So you have lots of experience in dealing with books and, and you know what kind of goes into a
1: book, so this was the perfect time to do it. It was. It felt really right to me. And I was lucky because with all the new technology out there, I was able to talk to teenagers from across the country. I have this big network of about 2,000 teenagers. And, you know, even 10 years ago, I, I don't think I would have been able to reach them in quite the same way.
0: Oh, but I, no, because you're right. Technology has changed everything. And you talk about this in the book. The book is How to Raise Your Parents, a Teen Survival Guide by Sarah O'Leary Birmingham. And you really talk about the advent of the cell phone and the Internet and IMing. And, and in fact, you're, you're, you're advocating that it's really important to be on the computer.
1: Definitely. Well, I think not only are teenagers in a spot where a lot of their homework happens online and I know parents are getting into this too because report cards are emailed online, attendance is emailed and takes place online. But the truth is, is that most teenagers are kind of the chief technology officers of the household. I can't tell you how many parents said to me, oh, well, whenever the computer breaks or something happens, my son or daughter can always fix it. And, and, and that's a good thing. Book,
0: that's a wonderful bargaining strategy. So <laughs> <Yes. laughs> use it, use that technology communication skill, you know, to work with your parents for what you want to do. It's a good negotiating tactic.
1: Definitely. And I think there's also, there's a lot of things that parents can do to kind of use technology to their benefit. And one of those is text messaging. Because I know you remember back to when you were a teenager and if your parents tracked you down at your friend's house and called, it was embarrassing. You know, no matter how much you like your parents, it's embarrassing to get a phone call. So I think for teenagers today, getting that phone call that says, Oh, it's time to come home or or ten minutes until curfew can be a little embarrassing. So if parents text instead, you know, their teenagers are texting anyway It's a little more discreet, and I think parents will be surprised that their teenagers really will get back to them.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because you're never out of touch now. There really isn't an excuse. I mean, when I was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. We had to stop at a pay phone and put your 10 cents in, and sometimes you'd lose your dime, and it didn't work. And and so, goodness, you were really screwed if you didn't get all money. Because there was no way to, to call, and it was always mandatory. You had to call before you left so that they knew the route you were going, et cetera. But the cell phone has changed at all, that you really are, it's not okay just to say, oh, I have my cell phone off, because what teen ever has their cell phone off?
1: I know, exactly. That's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. That definitely doesn't work with your parents. Not to mention a lot of parents will actually get cell phones for their teenagers because they do want to be in touch. So if your parents buy you a cell phone and say, okay, now we can stay in touch, it's not a good idea to turn it off or not take their calls. Yeah, it's better
0: just to take their calls and tell them what's going on or when you're going to be home or whatever, and then, you know, they'll respect you for that and hopefully give you some slack, even if you're late or whatever. Definitely. Now, we talk about spy secrets in here, and this is always a big issue, I think, with parents, is, is how, much do, how much privacy do they give their kids? And I'm a big believer that we have to give our kids their space and their privacy unless we have some reason to believe that they're involved in some kind of really serious risky behavior that we have to help them out with. But you give some tips for teens, like don't leave a paper trail and never lie ever so that your your parents can't ever say, hey, you know, or think that you're lying.
1: Right. Well I think it's important that your parents trust you. Because the truth is is that the more your parents know what's going on and the more they're kind of in the loop and they believe what you say to them the more freedom you're going to have. And I don't think all teenagers realize that all the time. You know, they think maybe their parents are just being nosy. But introducing your parents to your friends and letting them know where you're going and who you're going to be with actually just opens the door for them to give you a longer leash.
0: I like also what you've done in here is you're talking about, because this is a teen girl survival guide, but of course it's great for parents and and boys can just flip it around. Uh, and you're talking about dating, and not just uh, if you're dating guys, but what if you're interested in another girl? And that's sort of a real new twist on things, because I've, you know this is something that hap- is happening much more. You call it "posse power" here, and um, and I think it's important that we can be open with our parents so that we can be accepted.
1: I think so too. You know, and I, I decided to put that in there because you know, no matter what your politics are or your religion is. As a teenager, as you're going through these changes and trying to figure out who you are, there is no one better to talk to than your parents. You know, your parents want the best for you. And if you're in a position where you really can talk to your parents and tell them if you're feeling confused or tell them what you're thinking, then you're going to be safer, number one. But you're also going to have some help from the people who really love you to figure out what's best for you. And I think it's important that parents are are really open and do listen to their teenagers. You know, turn off the radio, turn off your computer, look your teenager in the eye when they're talking to you so that you really can connect. Because I think that that teenagers and parents have more in common than they think they do. And it's important that teenagers can talk to their parents not only about what's going on at school and what college they want to go to, but what they're really thinking in their personal lives.
0: Well, speaking about, you know, music and things, I cracked up at the ten favorite parent friendly albums that are still cool enough for you. Because right on, girlfriend, these are really I know. <laughs> these are no, it's just, these it's rock. funny and because I know that my kids really I like, know. They like our music even more than their music.
1: Exactly. And it, you know, it's so great to see some of these bands from the sixties and seventies still being really popular. Because they are bands that you can relate to with your parents, you know what I mean, well, like I the mean, Beatles I Mick and Mick
0: Jagger at seventy, is still going to be out there jumping on the stage, probably. He might be. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it is interesting how this, these are still music that is still pretty cool.
1: Definitely. So,
0: um, what have, when you were contacting all these teens, uh, you know, through the technology and uh, through the internet and around the country, were there anything that was really standing out that? that teens were concerned about or worried about or afraid to talk to their parents about?
1: You know, the big thing, the big thing that teenagers said to me when I said, you know, what, if you could tell your parents anything, what would it be? If, what is the one thing that kind of drives you crazy? They all said they felt like their parents weren't listening to them. And I think that is really interesting. I know I mentioned this a little earlier, but we've become this multitasking society where we all have so much going on, parents and teenagers. You know, these teenagers feel the need to build a resume before they're even 17. And parents, on the other hand, are are balancing home and work and family life and the car and running the carpools, I mean, everything you can imagine. So it's not necessarily that parents aren't actually listening to their teenagers, but the teenagers aren't getting that connection. So I think it is important for parents to set aside some time for their teenagers and not even just for those big heart-to-heart talks, but just the hanging out talks. You know, if you're in the car, driving around, turn off the radio for a minute. You know, listen to what your teenager's saying. Ask how their day was. And I think it's also important that you, you know, that as a parent you have family dinner, and if you don't have time for dinner because of your work schedule, do brunch on the weekend. Set aside some time for your teenager where you can sit down, and you can get past those one-word answers.
0: And you know what? That is exactly where I was going to go, Sarah, is the family meal. I mean, it's almost a a dying tradition, mostly because of the scheduling today. Teenagers are so swamped. Oh, I know. They are just booked back-to-back with extracurricular activities, plus everything they have to do for school and AP classes and all the testing and the extra, you know, the extra tutoring, et cetera. I just know that so often I felt that I, as a parent, was at so many different meetings for my kids that I didn't have time to be with my kids. <laughs> <Right>. You know? <laughs> and then finally you kind of like stop and go, what is this all about? This is crazy. So if you can have that meal, whether it's going out to eat or cooking something together or making, you know, a, a brunch, because nobody probably wants to get up too early for breakfast, uh, especially when I know, especially when you're a teenager. I know. I totally, I totally agree there. At least mine were that way. So I think it's just important, as you said, to spend time together. Now, what about all the tattoos and the piercings? You have a chapter called Tattoo Trauma, and you ask. Teens before they take the plunge to do the tattoo test, and I think that's a super idea because, boy, you have a story in there of, a, of
1: a, a fairy tale tattoo gone wrong. I know. Well, you know, it's funny because I think as a teenager you get so excited about things, and it's it's a good thing, but you really need to think about tattoos and hair dye and things like that as, in terms of being temporary because, you aren't going to wear the same clothes when you're 17 that you would when you're 14. So what really makes you think that you're going to want the same tattoo when you're 17 that you would want when you're 25 or 35? And there are a lot of options. You know, the story that I tell is of a girl who wanted um, a fairy princess, basically, a tattoo. and it, it was ended up being a disaster and looked kind of like a gremlin. I mean, it, it was really bad. I actually That's saw the picture. It's a fairy princess. Right? And it was not a fairy princess. And so not only do you have to think about timing and all that, but you also have to make sure you're being really safe and you just – with things like that, they are so permanent, so it's a good idea to really consider your options.
0: Well, your book is just chalk-filled with lots and lots of fun things, really solid ideas. I mean, this is a really uplifting book, plus it's, it is witty and, and humorous, and I think that this would be a great gift for every parent and for teens as well. Let's send people to your website so they can get a copy, and that's www. RaiseYourParents.com? Yes, that's it. Okay, RaiseYourParents.com. The name of the book is How to Raise Your Parents, A Teen Girl Survival Guide by Sarah O'Leary Birmingham. Sarah, I love this book. Thank you so much for writing it. And, you know, always be a teen in your head because... Age is just a matter of mind over matter. So if you don't mind, it doesn't matter, right? So we might as well think young. Exactly, I love it. Thank you so (laughs) much for having me. It's been a pleasure. When we come back, we're going to get healthy, thin, and satisfied with our weight loss warrior, Karen Bentley. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are.
1: Thank you.